the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing. Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-hosts, Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money and Nam Phan of Pacific Private Money. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. The certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And that certificate's worth over $100. So you're going to definitely want to stay tuned to those. Boy, do uh, I need a tan after all. All these cold, cloudy, rainy yeah, days. That's, yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. So now um, let's talk rising interest rates and how it uh, would potentially affect the economy and the markets. Mark, what do you think? So, you know, Edward, you and I went to a, a, a family office event where we were presenting our Pacific Private Money Fund, our mortgage yep. uh our mortgage pool fund for their consideration. And now for your consideration, sound like I'm, you know, for the Oscars here. <laughs> and and I, it was interesting. I was listening to some of the, um, an older gentleman talk, a very wealthy older gentleman who's obviously an avid stock investor. And he was, um, you know, he was uh, sharing that he felt P.E. ratios, price earnings ratios, uh, much like cap rates in real estate, uh, were too high. Where uh, although in cap rates in real estate is usually too low. You know, the yeah. cap rates have been declining, which which uh, equate to uh, a higher valuation. Yeah. Um, and you know, and so I, I wonder, you know, if. Part of the reason that uh, P.E. ratios um, are, are up uh, is also due to the fact that capital has been relatively cheap, you know, for the last X number of years. Um, so I, I went back and I kind of looked at, at the stock market, even though, you know, listeners to the show know that we're not avid stock market investors. But again, I think we have a little bit of common sense here. And the stock market, you know, has had a really good run um, uh, in the last year, year and a half. In fact, um, I remember doing this show uh, in in 2016, and at that point, the stock market, up until about November of 2016, the stock market had generally been flat. It mm-hmm. had been stuck right around 16,000. And then what happened in November 2016? Somebody got elected. Somebody got elected. <laughs> now, I'm not going to, you know, again, I, had, I don't know that Trump's election is the reason for this, but after 18 months of doing jack... <laughs> Starting November of 2016, for the next 14 months until January of 2018, the stock market, or the Dow Jones Industrial Average, went yeah. up nearly 50%, 47%. And most of the other indexes had a similar, um, similar experience. Uh, 26,600 was the height of the market in January 2018. But uh, it's now March, and for the last, basically since that 
that time in early January, you know, we're at 25,000. So the market doesn't really know which way to go from here. And Mm. so, um, you know, a lot of us are wondering, you know, is the market, I mean, the market's still year over year. If you look at March 17 over March 18, it's up 25%. We went from 20,000 to 25,000. But we're kind of fluttering last 90 days around 25,000. And so there's a lot of talk about, you know, is the market overpriced? Are we still due for a correction? Or is the market maybe due to underperform for a little bit now based on this plateau that we seem to have reached around 25,000. And again, we're not stock experts, but, you know, I wonder. So, you know, we do uh, and are getting at Pacific Private Money a lot of inquiries about, you know, where do you think interest rates are heading? Where do you think real estate prices are heading? Where do you think the stock markets are heading? Of course, everyone's looking for an edge, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, none of us have a great crystal ball. I mean, again, this is just, you know, we're, we're having fun on the radio and, and talking business and what we believe. But, you know, the three of us here, we do a lot of reading. We, tend to a lot of, we attend a lot of events. We do a lot of networking. We talk to a lot of people. And what I'm seeing more and more uh, as, you know, the stock market doesn't know which way to go, interest rates are heading north. You know, um, how's that going to impact home sales, even though historically in times of rising mortgage rates, uh, home price appreciation is still followed suit because people start to get, you know, they start to those that are on the fence, get off the fence and say, well, I better buy now because, uh, you know, mortgage rates are going up. uh, And if I don't buy now, I might lose an opportunity. So how does that affect what we uh, sell for an investment at Pacific Private Money? Well, We lend money on real estate at Pacific Private Money, and people invest with us by either buying our notes outright or investing in our mortgage pool fund, where we make the decisions as to what loans we want to invest in. And we haven't had, you know, 25% year-over-year growth or 50%, you know, in, in, in 14 months. But over the last five years, we have been pretty much a rock-solid 8% yeah. production machine. And going forward, I feel pretty confident that mortgage debt is going to continue to be um, a pretty rock-solid investment. And later on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some articles that have come out from uh, CNN and others uh, about fears of rising mortgage rates and fears of maybe rollbacks to Dodd-Frank and what that might mean for you as an investor. So stay tuned. All right. Here's our first trivia question. We're going to go to a break right now. We're talking general uh, trivia here. What future Broadway hit closed in Boston rather than obey a court order to cut the nudity in 1970? What was the future Ooh, Broadway hit? That's what we're, we're wondering. That. And speaking of Broadway, so what you do is you call 888-912-1190. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that tanning certificate. And speaking of Broadway, the ladies of Broadway are going to be performing uh, March 17th at the Marin Civic Center, Transcendence Theater. Uh, they do an awesome job. You should really check them out. We're right. going to be there. Yep, we will be there. With, with bells on, as they say. And our wives. <laughs> and our wives. Okay. <laughs> All right. Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon. First trivia question was, what future Broadway hit closed in Boston rather than obey a court order to cut the nudity in 1970? Was it hair? Yes, it was hair. What Very, happened to hair anyway? <laughs> um, I, got, I, got, I got mine cut a couple of weeks ago. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Mine's been uh, thinning out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As we get. Did you ever watch hair or see it? 
yeah. no, I know, yeah. I know the music. Yeah. You know, but uh, but I never actually saw the uh, the musical. Yeah. Um, okay. So now, Mark, uh, we were, we're talking we, interest rates. Yeah, we're talking interest rates, and you teased the audience a little bit ahead of time <laughs> by saying uh, before we cut the break something about a CNN article. So, you know, CNN has been accused of being the crisis news network. And, uh, you know, I, we tend to believe here at the best of investing that the media you know, tends to be, you know, if it bleeds, it leads crisis news network, a little bit left leaning from time to time. Well, an article came out this week, uh, that basically I think was written because possibly of an agenda to raise a little fear about the proposed rollback of some of the Dodd-Frank regulations proposed by the Republicans. But the uh, nature of this article, it's, uh, the, the headline was low interest rates, easy credit, poor regulation, toxic mortgages. <laughs> These were just a few of the reasons regulators gave for the collapse of the U.S. housing market a decade ago. Since then, regulators have improved the standards that lenders use when Americans apply for mortgages. But today, increasing danger lurks. Oh, I hate when stuff lurks. You know, <laughs> Increasing danger lurks in the mortgage market and economists... I'm just going to be curious as to who they actually interviewed here. And economists say it could put the financial system at even greater risk when the next recession strikes or too many borrowers fall behind in their mortgage payments. The nature of this article is the fact that non-bank lenders are now originating half of the, all the mortgage loans in America today. And that certainly wasn't the case 10 years ago. In fact, um, the big three banks, uh, Chase, Bank of America, and Wells, just by themselves in 2011, wrote 50% of all new mortgages. And by the end of 2016, those three banks, their share dropped to 21%. And so the article suggests that, um, you know, the mortgage market now being... The, being mortgages being provided by these so-called non-bank lenders pose an undue risk on the market when interest rates go up. And the problem with that is, is that, you know, first of all, there's, there's two types of non-bank lenders. There's your companies like Quicken Loans, which for all intents and purposes might be a bank. They just don't keep deposits. I mean, the only difference between a bank lender and a non-bank lender is a non-bank lender does not collect deposits or a non-depository bank that is not the same as alternative finance providers like Pacific private money and other companies that have grown, uh, thanks to crowdfunding over the last five years, the alternative finance marketplace is still actually a pretty small percentage. So we're not talking about hard money and that's what I'm, I'm, you know, they don't really, uh, differentiate between, alternative finance providers, a.k.a. hard money, and the so-called non-bank providers. But let's, you know, roll back a little bit. What was really the cause of the financial crisis that culminated in 2008? Do you remember things like residential mortgage-backed securities? Oh, yeah. Credit yeah. derivatives, credit default swaps. <laughs> These were reasons why Lehman Brothers and others who were creating these things and selling them to private investors in the mortgage market. This is what caused, many believe, the whole financial mortgage meltdown and, and, and was the catalyst for the Great Recession. 
Is that happening again today? Are, are these no. non-bank lenders, are, are right. Quicken Loans, uh, to, to our knowledge, creating uh, using uh, um, uh, creating these uh, R- um, residential mortgage-backed securities, using credit derivatives and credit default swaps? No, they're not. And so, yes, if if there if the defaults go up on from non-bank lenders because you know they're making riskier loans and they're not they're not uh, as heavily regulated as the so-called banks are. It's not the same thing. It's not the, the same people aren't going to get hurt. The investors in those notes, sure, they're going to get hurt. But it's not, it's not the same setup. It's just, it's just such an apples to oranges comparison to suggest that non-bank lenders are making riskier loans and they're not subject to the same scrutiny and could cause the same tipping point in the scales to create another uh, financial fiasco like we experienced in 2008 is just a disservice. And I think the reason this this article was written is to scare people into into calling their Congress critters and saying, don't let the Republicans roll back Dodd-Frank. We don't want to go back to 2005 and everybody's getting free money. Just fog a mirror. Borrow as much as you want. That's just, ladies and gentlemen, that's just not going to happen again in at least as long as I'm probably going to be alive. It's just the banks aren't going to go back to fog a mirror um, type lending. That's just, yeah. that's not going to happen. And the rollback of the Dodd-Frank regulations doesn't mean that it's going to get easier for your bank to lend you that money. That it, it's, They're talking about high-level rollbacks in terms of what kind of, um, uh, what, what kind of capital banks need to retain on their balance sheet in, in order to make certain types of loans. It's, it's a lot of high-level stuff that has nothing to do with whether it's going to get easier for you to go to your mortgage broker and actually get a new loan or to refinance your existing loan. So um, watch out for um, watch out for those those articles They're They're out there to scare you. And I think they're they're poorly written. And another interesting article this week, speaking of what happened 10 years ago and Lehman Brothers uh, article this week, Lehman to pay two point four billion to end crisis era mortgage claims. Can you believe that still 10 years later, they hadn't resolved uh, the bankruptcy court for Lehman Brothers, hadn't, hadn't resolved and wow. distributed Surprised all of the had... funds that they were holding all of these years that, uh, that were left over uh, from the collapse of Surprised that organization. Surprised they have the $2 billion. <laughs> well, they, they, it was far less than what was... Uh, of course. What, some of the hedge funds were looking for as much as apparently, according to this article, $11 billion. So $2 billion to $11 billion is a far cry. So obviously, some investors were still holding their hopes for a, a larger payout. but the, uh, Well, also, the time value of money, waiting 10 years. Yeah, yeah. That's, they should have put it in Bitcoin. Lehman was, Lehman was accused of creating and enjoying a robust market securitizing home loans back in the day. And, uh, of course, their uh, defaults uh, pulled the entire U.S. economy into the abyss in 2008 as it's... Uh, as history uh, paints. And with that high note, let's go to another commercial break <laughs> and ask another trivia question. This one will be a fun one. Who provided the original voice for Daffy Duck? All right. Mm. Remember Daffy Duck from the cartoons? Yeah. yeah, you remember him. Okay. Call 888-912-1190. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that tanning certificate. Again, who provided the original voice for Daffy Duck? When we come back, uh, we're going to get into your the specific... Pacific Private Money Fund, because we have a couple of questions that came in uh, regarding how, uh, with the stock market being volatile, how is your fund affected, and also about uh, the reiterating the alignment of interests. So don't touch that dial. 
the best to invest. You'll be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon. Question, guys, who provided the original voice for Daffy Duck? Was it Mel Blanc? It was Mel Blanc. Two for two. I don't know. That was uh, Sylvester. (laughs) Yeah, that was. (laughs) It was still wrong animal. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, wrong animal. (laughs) Same same voice though. Did uh, Mel Blanc do? Oh, he did uh, a whole. He did did dozens. So awesome. And he'd, uh, oh, didn't he do Foghorn Leghorn? And son, son, I said, listen to me when I'm talking to you, boy. <laughs> Flatter than a snake full of buckshot. <laughs> I remember that. That boy was as bright as a... Let's see. That boy is as sharp as a bowling ball. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that one. All right. Make a quick mention here. Uh, experience Mahler's Glorious Fifth Symphony conducted by Michael Tilson Thomas. At uh, Davies Symphony Hall, March 22nd through the 25th. And on April 26th, Holst's orchestral suite, The Planets, uh, will be playing. And it'll be, you get to take a peek behind the scenes and experience a San Francisco Symphony performance in the making. Beginning 8.30 a.m. with coffee, donuts, donuts. Oh, I'm there. Oh, no. yeah. Trouble. <laughs> they have bacon, too. Now we're really in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Go to www.sfsymphony.org for more details. Okay. Uh, so, Mark, we got an email here um, that says, with the stock market so volatile, how is your fund affected? Well, we just kind of covered a little bit of that on the last segment about, uh, you know, what's happening with the stock market right now. It's a little bit volatile. It's a little bit flat. Is it, are we going to have another, you know, another run like we had uh, in uh, 2017? Or, you know, is it maybe going to underperform or even possibly correct? Again, you know, with uh, rising interest rates and, and the talk of the tariffs and other kinds of scary things uh, uh, being proposed right and left, you never know. The stock market can be very reactionary, and you don't want to be on the wrong end of a reaction. But um, how's, how's your fund going to get affected by it? Well, that's the question. Well, our fund is not impacted directly by the stock market, and it's not even really indirect. I mean, those of us in the business of providing um, debt fund type of investments tend to say that our investments are uncorrelated to the stock market. And what that means is that it are the rates we pay out are based on a contract, a mortgage, and which direction stock prices move really doesn't impact interest rates. In fact, it's the other way around. The interest rates are set by the Fed uh, and by the um, 10-year T-bill rates, uh, which are impacted by all kinds of um, economic conditions. And the stock market generally reacts to what's happening to interest rates. It doesn't affect interest rates directly. So, so So you talk about investing in debt, in debt funds, those debt fund managers like us, we say the same thing at Pacific Private Money, our investments are uncorrelated to the stock market. So if you're nervous about the stock market, it's been a good run, right? So maybe you've already been repositioning some of your profits. Maybe you're thinking about repositioning some of your profits out of the stock market. Uh, some are even 
taking profits uh, out of their real estate holdings. I were meeting people at events who are telling me that they're selling their real estate now because they believe that they, they've also had a really good run the last five years in real estate, both commercial and residential, because they're wondering whether... Well, on the commercial side, they're wondering if cap rates are going to go up uh, thanks to rising mortgage rates. And yes, they certainly will. Um, Therefore, the cap rates they'll get today, thus the valuations they'll get today on commercial property are probably as good as they're going to be between now and the coming years, unless there's, you know, there's always other factors that impact uh, um, your commercial property valuations. Maybe you can increase your rents or you can, you know, there's a number of things you can do, but all things being equal, you know, if your rents are going to be flat uh, over the next couple of years, your cap rates are likely to rise, and therefore that same property might actually go down a little bit in value. Uh, residential real estate, uh, generally not priced by cap rates, but basically by neighborhood market conditions, inventory, etc. Also by mortgage rates, uh, but certainly not at the beginning of the of the uh, increasing mortgage cycle. Again, historically, when mortgage rates have gone up in a cycle, uh, home price appreciation has followed for a period of time until rates got to a point where affordability dampened the enthusiasm of buyers and turned it into a buyer's market from a seller's market. Again, we're still in a seller's market. We don't know when it's going to transition to a buyer's market. So where am I going with all of this? Where I'm going with is that um, if you believe stock market Prices, you know, may uh, a stock market stock, your stock investment might underperform uh, in the coming months, uh, maybe even the coming years. Uh, And certainly more than a few um, investment advisors that I've spoken with have that fear. Um, Or if you believe that your uh, real estate holdings, it might be a good time to cash out. Uh, some people are taking advantage of the fact that uh, that uh, capital gains tax rates are down this year. So uh, 2018 is certainly a good time to sell real estate if you uh, are thinking to yourself, well, I'm not going to exchange because, you know, I can't find a good, pr- you know, prices are still too high. So it's time to sell, not repurchase real estate, pay the capital gains tax and reinvest that not into real estate, but real estate debt. You still have the advantages that the real estate uh, market provides in terms of uh, safety and stability factors. But when you invest in debt, the, um, the key aspect of investing in debt is what's known as protective equity. And since at Pacific Private Money and companies like ours, we typically don't make loans higher than 70% loan to value. We solve for 30% protective equity. That's protection that's there in the event of downside risk. So again, at Pacific Private Money, the Pacific Private Money Fund, which has been in existence since 2013, has been paying in year in and year out. Uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit above eight percent, and a little bit, a little bit below eight percent last couple of years. So within a, a fairly narrow band. Now, of course, um, past performance is not a promise of future results, but we have every reason to believe that we're going to continue to pay out in at least the high sevens uh, through 2018, based on our loan demand and where we see private 
money rates heading for our borrowers, which we think are stabilizing. They've been trending down last couple of years, but we, we believe those are uh, stabilizing this year. So okay. uh, for more information, you do need to go visit our website, Pacific Private Money. Dot com. Uh, we are only allowed to uh, accept accredited investors in our funds. So you do need to qualify, and uh, we do need to verify your qualification. That's that's the law in uh, 2018 to invest. But uh, in the Bay Area, it's not a hu- not, not a high bar uh, or threshold to to meet. And we have a growing number of Bay Area investors in our funds. So for more information, PacificPrivateMoney.com or call us. Uh, we talk every day, uh, answering questions to people who've heard us on the radio or saw us, uh, you know, elsewhere ads we've run or, or referrals, give us a call at 415-883-2150 and let us answer your questions about mortgage fund investing. Yeah. I was just going to, you know, it's funny is um, like you're saying, we talk to investors every day. I was on the phone with uh, two this week, back to back calls where um, the investors were uh, a son and then the parents, and the parents are the ones who are listening to the radio. I said, we heard you on the radio. We told our son about it. And he said, oh, I was listening to the same show. So it was a <laughs> different. They weren't sitting together listening, but uh, they were both listening to the show. Well, so, so we know nice. we have at least two listeners. There you go. <laughs> and when we come back, uh, I want you to answer another question that came in that has to do with, uh, to reiterate, the alignment of interest. Because that's a question a lot of people want to know is, you know, if you're managing the fund, how are your interests aligned with the investors? All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's our third trivia question. Ketchup was sold in the 1830s as... As what original use? What was it? What was the original use for ketchup? All right. Four one five or four one five eight 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 nine one two eleven ninety to answer that question. And don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on this program, call eight 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 nine twelve eleven ninety. That's eight 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 nine twelve eleven ninety. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now back to the best of investing with your host Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Third trivia question was, ketchup was sold in the 1830s as what original use? You know, I'm two for two, and I think this is going to stump me, but uh, I'm just going to throw out a stupid guess. Shampoo? No. <laughs> was it to get rid of skunk smell? Yeah. I keep thinking about all the tomato juice stuff, right? Yeah, for skunks. No, uh, uh, medicine. Huh. Originally supposed to be medicine. Cured what? all probably pills. From, yeah, probably one of the snake oil type things, you know. Oh, so you get your fries with that and counteract yeah, exactly. the uh, effects, right? <laughs> all right. So um, let's see. What do... Nam was going to give us no, a deal yeah. of the week, right? Nam, give us a deal of the week. Yeah, we have a couple. Because um, oh, we didn't talk about the alignment of interest. We will. We, we, we will do that. We, yeah. So we had a couple of deals, um, both very similar. But, you know, it, it's indicative of the types of loans that we do and, and where our loans come from. So we had one in Manhattan Beach. Actually, 32% loan to value. That's so, pretty low. Yeah. Uh, it was a bridge loan, and uh, it was referred to us by a broker uh, because of speed. So the person was just running out of time with their conventional loan. So we were able to come in at the last minute, close the deal pretty quickly. And, and then another one, so that one was in Manhattan Beach. We had another one in Pengrove. A couple was moving, and uh, they wanted to purchase first. So we're seeing a lot of that. In fact, we 
just at a presentation to a realtor association this week, yep. you and I did, mm-hmm. and we mentioned these scenarios to them, and people are like, wow, I really need this, uh, yeah, especially in the seller's market that we're experiencing in most Bay Area counties. Yeah, there are 100 people in the audience, and I'd say at least 20% of them were shaking their heads yes. You know, they, they knew exactly what we were talking about. Right. The, quick question, though, about the Manhattan Beach. Um, why did, with a 32% loan of value, why was speed, unless... You said that the the conventional lender they're running out of time. I think so. they hit some sort of snag in the middle of the process, and oh, they weren't okay. able to close. Or there was an extension; they needed an extension, and their um, they were fast closing, or their escrow was coming up for to close. Yeah, and so they they had to go to Plan B. Wow, that's a yeah. pretty good. Which deal. is why <clears throat> typically most people come to us. It's it's speed number one. Number two is is certainty. And uh, other times it's just because they don't bank qualify because maybe they have a recent job change uh, or they're self-employed, which is always difficult to get bank financing when you're self-employed. You can do it if you have the time. And so, but in, in purchase tr- situations, you don't, you don't have the time. And so that's why we go and speak with realtors, uh, particularly, and mortgage brokers saying, hey, if your client is in a transaction, especially a purchase transaction, and time is of the essence, um, let us help close that deal with one of our uh, bridge loans. There's no prepayment penalty, so they can pay us back as soon as they can. But help, let us help them, uh, give them the peace of mind and certainty, capture that property, close escrow on time without penalty, without risk of losing their deposit, and then you can refinance out our you know nine percent typical interest rate loan yeah, as you fast know, as you can. It, it's funny. One other thing that gets sometimes hung up is sometimes you have a sophisticated borrower who has maybe complex issues in the tax return, mm-hmm. right? Um, oh yeah, and, and a lot of times the banks, they just need a lot more time to analyze to really understand it. If you've got a complicated tax return, it, it might be two or 300 pages with all the uh, yeah. K-1s and LLCs and other things. And, and you know, it's just it, that takes a long time for a banker to go through. And oftentimes they just it's easier for them to say no or we need more time or we need more information right. than to say yes and green light. It well, for you know, it's interesting close. is and I remember doing this on my own uh, house some years back. I was, you know, a very, very passive investor in some kind of limited partnership or something. Thing. And and so I mean it even says on the um, well let's see I think it would, I think it was the, the, they actually wanted to see the K one um, the the amount that I got was like you know six dollars but they had to see oh the K one they had to see that wow. I was a limited partner that I wasn't mm-hmm. subjected to general partner liabilities you know yada yada and and it's just. Well, and I, and I have a story where, you know, my last attempt at uh, refinancing uh, for supposedly a better rate on uh, the loan I have right now in my home failed miserably after about 90 days. And I was really frustrated with this process. You know, and again, we're, you know, I mean, we're in the lending business. You would think we would have rock star, yeah. uh, rock star mortgage brokers. And, and we do. But it's just it's not their fault. It's the fault of the, you know, whatever lender they're working with, whoever that whoever that particular investor is. And in my situation. Um, I had a small balance sheet item on my corporation that was, like you said, it was, it was an LLC. It was an oh, obscure yeah. little LLC. With an, I had one, one asset in that LLC was one home left of five homes that we had purchased to fix and flip. Gotcha. Well, they wanted to know, hmm, can you show me evidence that the property taxes on that are paid? No, because I knew they weren't. Because generally when you buy fix and flip property, it's not uncommon for people who do that not to pay the property taxes. Although if you have the money sitting around, maybe you do. But I know from experience, most of our borrowers who buy fix and flip property 
don't pay the property taxes. They just pay them off, you know, when you sell the property. And pay the penalties and everything. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's 10%, but it's not a big deal. Sure. You know, no, they'd rather the get... Part, uh, they, well, there's interest, they, too, but... They but preserve they, the capital. Yeah, but that's anyway, more important. Long story stuff, short, yeah. um, they told me, well, I, I'm going to have to pay the property taxes on that. Well... No, because I have partners in yeah. that LLC. I'm not paying them, and I'm not going to ask them to come out of pocket because, could you guys do me a favor? we got we got to pay the property taxes on this thing because I'm trying to refinance my... I guess I could have done that, but it just... That was like the straw that broke the camel's yeah. back for me. I just said, no click. And how, uh, how much of an owner were you in that? Less than 50%. Yeah. yeah so he's <laughs> stupid. Yeah, I know. So anyway, you know, and, and again, it's because you know, I'm self-employed. So when you're self-employed, you're open to greater scrutiny. You have to have the patience of Job, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, I know we do That's a lot a of bank bashing here, you. and there's some great mortgage yeah. brokers out there with some great products, yeah. and, they, and they're and they a source of referral. So I, I, don't, yeah, I hate I don't to know. beat up on them. Be, no. It's not their fault because it's not their money. Mortgage brokers are representatives of, they call them their investors, but they're these non-bank sources of capital that are, are the source of more than 50% of mortgages today, not B of A or Wells Well, well part of the reason isn't even as much as the investor fault. It, it, is, it goes even back further because they have to get, they get scrutinized by auditors who wonder why they made that loan when their property taxes are owed. So, right. you know, kind of get, you have to peel the onion back a little bit further. Maybe you do get a federal government agency. So no, absolutely. Uh, by the way, tell the audience how many losses uh, have you experienced in the fund? So, um, just transitioning back to the Pacific Private Money Fund, we have had zero losses of capital. Um, of course, people will say, "Well, you've not been, you know, through a a, a real estate recession like we did, uh, you know, like we suffered through in two thousand eight, nine, and ten." And I'm so. Well, Wait a minute. <laughs> we were writing loans in 2007. We were writing loans in 2008. We were writing loans in 2009. And we didn't have the fund back then, but none of my investors ever lost money in any of the loans that we underwrote. And the reason is, is because if you underwrite carefully and you have an appropriate um, loan-to-value ratio uh, back then in, in the uh, 07, 08, 09, we were writing f- uh, for 60 to 65% maximum loan-to-value. In short term. In short term. Yeah, Why? Right. Because we, we knew that uh, valuations were trending downward. We just we had, didn't know how many, more, how many years and how, how long and deep that uh, real estate recession and, and uh, declining values were going to last, and it surprised all of us. But still, uh, short-term loans are a great investment, even in, in a declining market, if you're conservative on your loan-to-value. And it's for that reason that at Pacific Private Money, we We've experienced zero losses of principal. In fact, we've experienced zero losses of interest. So every investor in any of our notes has gotten 100% of what they were promised when they invested in that note. So again, for more information, more information about mortgage investing, note investing, mortgage pool funds, give us a call at uh, Pacific Private Money, 415-883-2150, or visit our website, Pacific privatemoney.com. We're always adding new materials, new videos. Uh, You can learn all kinds of good stuff uh, by checking out our resources tab. And we're always uh, changing. In fact, we've got some improvements we're going to be adding in the coming weeks and more uploads for you to enjoy and to learn. In fact, people can listen to uh, older podcasts of the show. That's right. If you're glutton for punishment, you can listen to hundreds (laughs) of them. What do you mean punishment? We go back to about 350 shows I think we've done uh, since 2010. They can always fast forward through stuff they don't want to listen to. Well, that's true. They can. (laughs) All right. right. Don't touch that dial. The best investing will be right back with some closing comments. 
For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon. Uh, didn't have a trivia question because we already asked those. Uh, Nam, what do people do if they don't qualify for the Pacific Private Money Fund, but they really like what you guys are saying about earning a, a good interest rate? So... Up until recently, there there weren't a whole lot of options, but now we since we've launched uh, privatemoneyloans.com, uh, it's an opportunity that's been opened up to sophisticated investors. Okay. Not necessarily uh, not, not accredited, but sophisticated. You have to you do have to be a California resident, though. Okay. Um, but we're putting loans on there that uh, were or are currently in the Pacific Private Money Fund that uh, we want to sell to trusted investors to create some liquidity so we can lend the money out again. Do you have to be, if you're, if you're purchasing an entire note, you still have to be a California? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You need to be a California resident to, to oh, okay. purchase the notes off our platform. So, so private money loans.com as opposed to Pacific private money Dot com. Pacific Private Money is our c- corporate website with information about the mortgage pool funds and also how to borrow money from us, as opposed to the new note sales platform that we launched last quarter called PrivateMoneyLoans.com. To view the notes that we're selling, you do need to register, and it's very easy. We're just trying to keep t- tabs on people who are having access. Uh, we like to keep it kind of a semi-closed environment among actual real uh, note investors uh, here in California. And so go to privatemoneyloans.com and register. Once you do, we will approve you within uh, 24 hours, sometimes, uh, oftentimes a lot sooner than that. But then you'll be able to go and look at the notes that we're putting on. And we're, 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 our plan is to grow that platform and have uh, dozens of notes to choose from as well as new funding opportunities. So uh, we've got some great growth plans for that platform this year. And we're very excited about it. Very good. We'll be adding a few more this coming week, too. So, You know, we have a couple more minutes left, and yep. you, we didn't get a chance to get to alignment of interest. Oh, yes, and so right. when you're looking at mortgage pool funds to invest in, one of the things you want to look at is, is the manager of the fund, is their interest aligned with the fund investors? And there is a best practice that a lot of new funds are doing now, and we're certainly doing that at Pacific Private Money, where uh, not only is all the interest in the note uh, – Uh, going uh, into the fund as income for the fund investors. But then there's those things called points or origination fees. And it's usually a percentage of the loan. And typically today we're getting anywhere from two to three points on a loan. In the olden days, fund managers typically kept those or the broker kept 100% of those origination fees and the interest went to the fund members. Well, in funds today, those with an alignment of interests, those uh, origination fees are shared with the fund income, as is the interest. And so at Pacific Private Money, we share 50% of the origination fees with the fund. The other 50% pays our sales team. And so there's an alignment of interest there because now we're not incentivized to monkey around with the points versus the interest. So no one could say, well, hey, you charge that guy more points in exchange for a lower interest rate. Well, um, if we we do that, it inures to the benefit of the fund now because the fund gets 
that's half of those fees. So look for those types of alignments. Look for, you know, fees uh, no more than 2%, typically 1.5% plus maybe a half a percent for servicing. That's what we charge. 2% includes a half percent for servicing, and we split 50-50 the um, income above that. And the Pacific Private Money Fund is a low-leveraged fund, meaning we do have a line of credit that we use for closing loans, but we pay that down with new incoming monies. It's not a permanent leverage situation. So again, you know, if you're looking for safety and security features in a mortgage pool fund, look for alignment of interests. Look at what kind of leverage they use in that fund. And you should see in California rates somewhere in the sevens uh, if they're um, run with a low mortgage. So very good. Yeah. For more information, check us out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Very good. Here's our thoughts for the day. Nothing holds you back more than your own insecurities. That's true. And Mark Twain said, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. (laughs) That's pretty good. Usually he has all these kind of funny quips, but that was a pretty good one. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader. AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.